Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Versatility Podcast, and welcome back for another episode. For today, we're going to be doing MLB standings and give you all an update of the current playoff picture because we are two weeks away from the postseason beginning, I believe, October 5th, um, with the American League wildcard game and the National League wildcard game taking place October 5th and 6th, um, and we are, you know, of course, only two weeks away. Um, so let's give you all straight to the American League East with the Tampa Bay Rays now at a 92 and a 58 record. Um, yeah, they're right now in prime position to win the division. Red Sox at second place, 86 and 65. Blue Jays at third place, 84 and 65. The Yankees fourth place, 83 and 67. But the tight race between the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Yankees, two of these teams will be making the uh, American League wildcard game. And, uh, yeah, most likely it's going to be Red Sox and Yankees. The Blue Jays have been great this year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has been probably the best player in all of baseball um, in the second half of the season. Um, Otani's still MVP because what he did in the first half, and even though what he's been staying consistent in this um, throughout the whole season, I do believe uh, Shohei Otani is still MVP for the American League. But Guerrero Jr. has been a beast. He's already surpassed Otani for home runs, so... You know, um, so that's one thing. And the Orioles, of course, dead last, 47-102. and 102. We don't care about the Orioles. AL Central, the White Sox take prime position. Of course, they're 85-64, and 64, so I believe their magic number to clinch a division is, what, like four games, three games? So they will take, obviously, the division crown for the Central. The Indians, 73-75. and 75. The Tigers, 72-78. and 78. The Royals, 68-82. and 82. And then the Twins, 65 and 85. So none of those four teams will be making the playoffs this year, unfortunately. In the American League West, we have the Astros currently on top, 88 and 61. They most likely will take the division. The A's, 82 and 67 in second place. The Mariners, 80 and 69 in third place. The Angels, 72 and 77 in fourth place. And then in fifth place, we got the Rangers, 55 and 94. Now let's get into the National League East. The Braves right now are up in the division, 77 and 70 record. The Phillies are number two with a 76 and 73 record, and the Phillies are only two games behind the Braves. The Mets, 73 and 77. They're five and a half games behind the Braves. So even though the Mets have a losing record and they're um, below 500, they still have a big chance to take that division. But it's just unlikely. I mean, they only have two weeks. And the Braves have to go on a really bad losing streak. And the Braves have been on a losing streak. I believe they've been, they've lost, uh, besides yesterday, they were losing, what, like the last five games? They were on a five-game losing streak until they won yesterday against the Giants, three to nothing. And the Phillies, they lost to the Mets yesterday. So it's a big moment for the Phillies, but the Phillies need to be consistent. Their series against the Orioles, that has to be a sweep. The Pirates, I mean, come on. But then when they get to play the Braves, that's going to be a very, very important series to determine who wins a division or who stays in the wild card position. And then even when they play against the Marlins for the last series of the season, it will still be crucial for those Phillies to win games. But against the Orioles and against the Pirates, come on, the Phillies need to take these games. They may lose one or two, two of these games, but they got to win at least five you know, of these games. They got three against the Orioles and four against the Pirates. I mean, come on. Take five to six games out of those shitty teams because, come on, we have to take advantage of that. And if you want to make the playoffs, you obviously have to beat the shitty teams, you know, to eventually play against the good teams in the postseason. Um, and the Mets, again, third place. The Marlins, 63-86 and 86 in fourth place. The Nationals, 61-88. and 88. And the NL Central, the Brewers are number one with a 91-58 and 58 record. The Cardinals, 79-69. and 69. They are still in prime position for the National League wild card, but they will definitely won't be winning the division. The Reds, 77-73 in third place, the Cubs. And then the fourth place, the Cubs, 67-83. Fifth place, the Pirates, 56-93. The Giants, 97-53, first place. And the Dodgers are in second place with a 96-54. So even though, you know, the Giants are still right now at number one, the Dodgers are one game behind them. The Dodgers could still win this division, 
They have been on a tear as recently. And the Dodgers, I believe they have, uh, they have a series against the Rockies. Then they have a series against the Diamondbacks. So those are probably six easy wins for the Dodgers there. But then they got a series against the Padres. The Dodgers still might win that series. But then to end this season, they got a series against the Brewers. So it should be challenging for the Dodgers. And then the Giants, they have a series against the Padres, the Rockies, Diamondbacks, and then the Padres. So honestly, the Giants have a pretty easy schedule in the, la in the next two weeks. So they should be able to win more than half of these games. At least, I'll say, maybe like eight or nine. So definitely the Giants can take advantage. They're easily winning 100 games this year. They're winning like 103 or four games, honestly, which is insane. Um, they might win 104, 105 games, and that's obviously way more than I predicted. Um, so, yeah. And then the Padres, 76 and 73. They just haven't been that great in the second half of the season. They've been a very big uh, disappointment. Um, they're still a very good team. But again, you know, they just disappointed in the second half. And then uh, the Rockies, 70-79. And then the Diamondbacks, of course, being shitty, 48-101. My God. So we have the Royals-Indians today. We have a doubleheader for that team. Um, game 2 actually began right now because the Indians lost to the Royals 7-2 in the doubleheader. The Nationals, Marlins, Pirates, Reds, White Sox, Tigers, Orioles, Phillies, Cardinals, Brewers, Blue Jays, Rays, Yankees, Rangers, second game of the uh, Indians and Royals, Astros, Angels, Braves, Diamondbacks, and Mariners and Athletics. So we'll see how these next two weeks shape up because I'm very excited how the series, will, the season will end in the postseason, man. It's right around the corner. So we will get to see what, what happens next. So I've been hearing and watching YouTube videos about the uh, Rolling Stone. They made a article talking about the top 500 songs of all time. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, top 500 songs of all time. That's a lot of songs on a list. And um, I want to take a look at it. I don't really look at a lot of lists from like media outlets or media companies like Rolling Stone or magazines. Um, just because, of course, most of it, I think, is completely just. Well, again, it's it's of course, it's it's um, it's subjective. Uh, so, of course, you know, they're going to have a different opinion than me. But uh, I definitely find it like super confusing how they rank uh certain albums or songs or why it's ahead of it like it's it's i just don't know what they rank specifically and it just confuses me and i really can't understand why this song or this album is better it's pretty hard um but of course we're there's 500 songs i'm not gonna be going over every damn song so i'm just gonna be talking about the rap songs obviously or some notable songs here so at number 500 we already start off with kanye west with stronger which I mean, obviously, I think I have Stronger way higher than 500. Um, but still, you know, greatest ever, greatest songs of all time. Like, I'm not mad that it's at 500. You know, if there's 500 better songs than Stronger, maybe, you know, because this is considering all genres. And, of course, I didn't, I haven't heard all of these songs. So, you know, I guess it's fair. Um, we have Truth Hurts by Lizzo, 497. Okay, Old Town Road at 490. That's kind of kind of low, I'm I'm assuming. House of Balloons by the Weekend 488. Yeah, kind of low. A Millie at 486 by Wheezy. You know, back that ass up at 478. Uh that's a bit low. I like that song a lot. I don't, I don't know, but Get Lucky 465 by Daft Punk. Okay. Uh, the Rain, Missy Elliott is here. Tyrone, Erica Badu, Help the Beatles. In the Club at 4:44, 50 Cent. Savage Remix at 4:38. Call Me Maybe at 4:36. Yikes. Super Bass at 4:26. Uh, damn. Okay. Um, Fantasy at 4:19 by Mariah Carey. Okay. Um. David Bowie, 400. Fleetwood Mac, 401. Coldplay, Fix You at 392. Party Up, DMX, 388. Cardi B, I like it. 
at 384. Redbone by Charles Gambino, 383. Uh, Hotline Bling, Drake, 373. Okay. Uh, Bob Marley, Could You Be Loved? I love the song a lot. 363, I think I'll definitely put it a bit higher. Blank Space, Taylor Swift, 357. Michael Jackson, Rock With You, 354. That should be way higher. Uh, it was a good day. Ice Cube, 352. Dynamite by BTS, 346. 1999 uh, by Prince. Uh, oh, oh, home run, uh, Gary Sanchez. Umbrella, 333. Or 332, excuse me, by Rihanna. Big Papa, 330. Safaya, Bad Bunny at 329. California Love, Tupac, 320. Um, okay, No Scrubs, 303. Uh, who else? Okay. Is Take Care, 267 by Drake. Okay, Let's Get It On, Marvin Gaye, 264. Master of Puppets, Metallica, 256. Straight Outta Compton, 248. NWA, I Want It That Way by The Backstreet Boys, 240. 238, Are You That Somebody, Aaliyah, I Want to Dance with Somebody, 231, Damn, Single Ladies, 228, Stan, 223, I think that was a bit higher, honestly, uh, Shook, Shook Ones, Part 2, Mob Deep, 215, um, Baby One More Time, 205, I thought they would have put that a little bit higher, uh, Fuck the Police, 190, Beat It by Michael Jackson, 185. Bad Guy, 178. Damn, that's pretty high. What a Wonderful World, 171. I love that song too. Lose Yourself, 167. Miss Jackson at 145. Um, no Woman, No Cry, 140. Love that song as well. Thank You, Next by... They put Ariana Grande with two N's in Ariana. Okay. Uh, try a little tenderness. Otis Redding, 136. Wow. Paid in full, 132 by Rakim. Hold, hold on, we're going home by Drake, 129. Oh, wow. Drake is almost in the damn top 100. Is he in the top 100? We'll have to wait and see. Kareem, 107. I Want You Back, 104. Okay, 99 Proms is at 96. Oh, it was super close there. <laughs> it was super close to 99. Jesus. Kiss by Prince at 85. Hmm. Beyonce Formation, 73. All Too Well, Taylor Swift at 69. Nice. Um, Work at Missy Elliott at 56. Damn, that's pretty high. Gasolina by Daddy Yankee at 50. Damn, they put that very high. Doo-wop, that thing. Lauren Hill, 49. All right, by Kendrick Lamar at 45. Okay. Uh, Paper Planes by MIA at 46. Okay, and then Billie Jean at 44. Okay. Redemption Song by Marley, 42. Then they got Juicy by Biggie, 32. Nothing But a G Thing, 29. Runaway by Kanye at 25. Uh, Purple Rain, of course, at 18 by Prince. Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody at 17. I thought that would be a little bit higher. Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Hey, yeah, Outcast at number 10. What's going on? Marvin Gaye at 6. And now on the top 5. Number 5, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. Dope. Bob Dylan with Like a Rolling Stone. I think I have heard that song. Uh, Sam Crooker Change is gonna come, but never heard that song. Fight the Power Public Enemy. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Okay. Respect. Speaking of respect, that's that's the best song, according to Rolling Stone. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Rest in peace. Respect. According to Rolling Stone, the top 500 songs of all time and the number one song that they think is Respect by Aretha Franklin. Um, I'm not mad. I mean, it's a very good song. Uh, I, again, if I were to make a top 500 song of all time, which would take me 70 years to make, 
because that would be damn near possible to rank every song above whichever. But man, I'm not mad at number one, at least, you know, the whole list, like, again, this is very subjective. I could switch the entire list. There's so many songs here I've never heard, so I can't even give opinion on it. But um, I don't think it's a horrible list. I, I've, I've seen worse. Let's be honest. I've seen worse. People are kind of like shitting on it for really no reason. You know, it's subjective. If you don't like it, that's fine. But anyways, let's get into week two. Recap this week. I did a lot better this week with my predictions. Um, hopefully I don't, you know, get another L because I was doing really good in the 1 p.m. games. Eventually I had like one loss in the at 1 p.m. games, but then like around 8 o'clock I already had like two L's in the, at the end. So I was like, okay. But I'm not going to get eight losses like I did last week. I was 8-8 eight and eight this week. I'm not going to be – I'm going to at least have 11 to 12 wins. If the Packers win tonight, I'm going to have 12, uh, 12 right for this week. So, you know, that's an improvement. But anyways, let's talk about the first game, the Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Raiders, they beat the Steelers 26-17. to 17. The Raiders are looking good. They beat the Steelers. They were consistent throughout the whole game. Derek Carr, 28 for 37, 382 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown for nobody, a receiving touchdown for Foster Monroe, and then Henry Ruggs, the third. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 27 for 40, 295 yards, a touchdown and an interception, that rushing touchdown from Juju Smith-Schuster, and then a receiving touchdown by Najee Harris. Uh, speaking of Najee Harris, he literally uh, body and stiffed arm like Derrick Henry uh, last uh, to yesterday. And um, Najee, he had a family. You didn't have to do him like that. He had a fucking family. Brutal. But the Steelers, they still got the loss, man. The Steelers, after beating a really good team in the Bills yes, uh, last week, it was kind of rough how the Steelers were coming to this game here in Pittsburgh and See if that offense was going to step up and get big and better. Um, and, well, at least in the fourth quarter, they were lighting it up, trying to make a comeback. But the, the Raiders were consistent throughout the whole game. Um, again, the Raiders are a team that are going to be good this year. But, again, it feels like it's going to kind of go in that same pattern where they start the season pretty well. But then in the midseason, they started kind of just lack. And they just start playing in a, in a weird spot. They start becoming mediocre, choking games. Um, but I do think the Raiders are a bit more conscious this year, and I think they're going to be a lot more focused. So a win like this is just proving to them. I mean, they're one of the fewest teams remaining undefeated in the NFL. So that tells you something. They go up against the Dolphins uh, next Sunday. So we'll have to see what they do. And they're going to be playing in Oakland once again. So the Raiders... You know, have a challenging team in the Dolphins. Well, maybe not as challenging because, of course, the Dolphins took a brutal loss yesterday. But we'll get to that in a minute. So the Raiders, they beat the Steelers. I had actually had that game wrong. I voted for the Steelers to win. But the Raiders, they they proved me wrong. But the Raiders, of course, you know, not really a surprise to, to me that they won the game. Then we got the 49ers, the San Francisco 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers, they won this game 17-11. to 11. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 22 for 30, 189 yards, a touchdown, and zero in exceptions. Uh, he also had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown for Juwan Jennings. Um, I didn't watch this game, but Jimmy G was okay. You know, he was, he was doing this thing. He was getting yardage. Um, he was getting down the field, and he was just being productive. Just didn't put up mind-blowing stats. Um, he got the W. It was more really the Eagles really couldn't do anything. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, 12 for 23, 190 yards. Not a single touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown. He rushed for 82 yards, I believe, with 10 carries. Um, the quarterback himself had 10 fucking carries. Um, and he had a touchdown. Uh, Miles Sanders had 55 yards, 13 carries, but nothing happened after that. So the Eagles, you know, their offense wasn't doing anything, um, which was crazy. I mean, the Falcons game, they, they were lighting it up on the Falcons defense and then against the 49ers, nothing. But obviously the 49ers defense is obviously better than the Falcons. So 
for that reason, the Eagles couldn't score as much just makes a lot of sense considering that that 49ers O-line is one of the best in the league. And nothing surprising. I mean, the 49ers didn't light up on the Eagles too. The, 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 the 49ers were just kind of staying a little bit in between. Like they weren't really playing that well in the first half. And then the second half, they in the fourth quarter, they scored 10 points. So that's when they really started playing and getting better throughout. But 49ers, they still take the W. They played better than us. So they give us our first loss of the season. Next game, we have the Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns. And finally, the Browns, they get the W. Um, they lost to the Chiefs in the first game of the season. Well, obviously, they needed to beat this Texans team who somehow is convincing people that they're going to be good this year. I, I don't understand why, but okay. Well, the Browns, they won 31-21. to The Texans were fighting, though. I'm not even going to lie. They were fighting. Tyron Taylor, 10 for 11. 125 yards, one touchdown. He also uh, got out of the game. I believe he suffered through an injury, and he will be out for multiple weeks. So prayers up for Tyron Taylor. He actually had an impressive uh, you know, uh, first game against the Jaguars in week one. Um, he was having a pretty productive game until this injury. And, of course, uh, quarterback Davis Miles took over, 8 for 18, 102 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, a rushing touchdown for... Tyrod Taylor before he for for the injury and then a receiving touchdown by Brandon Cooks and Philip Lindsley and the Browns Baker Mayfield 19 for 21 to 213 yards one touchdown one interception a rushing touchdown by Nick Chubb and Andy Janovich I believe and a receiving touchdown for Demetric Falcon Felton um the Browns just played better you know their offense lit up the run game was productive and the Texans defense isn't that crazy. So, obviously, the Browns had to take this win, playing in Cleveland at home. So, the Browns, of course, took the W, played better. We'll have to see what else they can do. Um, they're still going to be a playoff team this year. Um, next game, I believe, is against the Bears on Sunday. So, again, it'll be another challenging game for the Browns. But, you know, Texans. Next game. Panthers, I believe Thursday night football, and then they got the Bills, I believe next Sunday. So, yeah, Texans. Unfortunately, this is where your fall from grace is gonna it's gonna die down from here. Next, we got the Denver Broncos versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos won twenty three to thirteen. Um, Teddy Bridgewater twenty six for thirty four, three hundred twenty eight yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, a receiving touchdown for Tim Patrick and Noah Fant. Um, and as well, you know, the the off the defense was playing great as well. Jacksonville, uh, Trevor Lawrence, 14 for 33, 118 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. So, of course, the first two games for the Jaguars and for Trevor Lawrence hasn't been great. Um, obviously, you know, once again, he's a rookie. He's making these mistakes as kind of we all expect. Um, he will get better. He will get a win. Trust me. Um, it's just obviously not coming at the expense for the Jaguars at the moment. You know, um, and that doesn't really get easier. I mean, they got the Cardinals and they got the Bengals, the Titans, the Dolphins. Yeah, they're going to go on a rough stretch of, of games that they're going to probably lose to really good teams. And their schedule is one of the hardest in the NFL. So let, can we not really blame the Jaguars? But again, the Jaguars aren't really going to progress as what they were last year, but I do believe what four or five wins is going to be doable enough. Um, but again, Jacksonville, 15 more games of the season. They can still get at least four to five more wins or five or four wins because they haven't won one yet. But I do believe Jacksonville will get there. Denver, however, they're two and oh, Teddy Bridgewater was productive, you know, two touchdowns and, you know, the Broncos are looking pretty good. The defense have been great. You know, the Broncos defense have been great for they have they have actually been a pretty underrated defense for a while now. I mean, the last time they won the Super Bowl was because that defense was just super dominant. Um obviously it's not as good as what it used to be when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning on the team, but their defense has always been their biggest quality. That offense has always kind of been all right, but that defense always took them to the next level, always progressed the team and made it better and Von Miller staying still playing for for um 
for the Broncos still being productive, you know, still feeling like he still has so many years left of his career to progress, even though he's, you know, bound to retire, you know, in a handful of seasons coming up. Um, but yeah, uh, the Broncos take the W and they're actually what the second team, um, Left in the AFC to be undefeated, I believe it's the Broncos and the Raiders are the only teams undefeated in the AFC. So, congrats to them. They're the AFC. They're the, they're the team teams that are going to make the AFC championship at this point. But all right. Next, we got the New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. So the Saints annihilate the Packers in Week One, just so they can get annihilated by the Panthers in Week Two. It makes a lot more sense. Come on, let's be real. That game against the Packers that Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns without a zero, with zero interceptions. Those are luck games. Those are games that just, he's going to have very few games of those in his career. Because Jameis Winston, prime Jameis Winston at his very, Tampa Bay Jameis Winston is back. Because he's back in his ways. He went 11 for 22, 111 yards, zero touchdowns, but two interceptions. This is the Jameis Winston that I know. Jameis Winston had a rushing touchdown, which was the only score they had throughout the whole game. The Panthers dominated them. Sam Darnold played better, 26 for 38, 305 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. McCaffrey had a rushing touchdown. Uh, DJ Moore and Brandon... Zalstra had a receiving touchdown as well. The Saints, man. Their defense was not good. They were not good. That defense was not good. Jesus, man. Um, and the Panthers' offense was just lighting it up. Um, I mean, 26 points is not really lighting it up, but I mean, against the Saints' defense, I say light it up because they were still running them and they were consistent throughout the whole game. Uh, the first half, they were, what, up by 17 points? So, the Saints just didn't have them. I mean, it's crazy how the Saints are going to be probably a team like, you know, going to be playing, they're going to dominate good teams and then lose to teams that are kind of in contention. And so, yeah. I mean, the, the Panthers, they, they were able to take the W. And so, well, they're 2-0. They're one of the fewest teams in the NFL left remaining in the NFC. So, And they got another easy game against the Texans on Thursday. So the Panthers should keep on rolling. Next, we got the LA Rams versus the Indianapolis Colts. Again, the Rams, they won this game, but it wasn't an easy game for the Rams. Um, Matthew Stafford, 19 for 30, 270 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. A rushing touchdown for Daryl Henderson. It was two receiving touchdowns by Cooper Cup, which actually helped me so much on fantasy because I picked him up like on Friday, two games, two days before the game. And well, he helped me on the sideline. Um, besides, of course, King Henry doing his business and carrying my team. Um, but yeah, he definitely helped me for getting me points in fantasy and the Rams able to win this game. And they're now 2-0. and oh. In the season now, the Colts are 0 and 2. Carson Wentz, uh, 20 31, 247 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. And then Jacob Easton came in two for five, 25 yards, and automatically an interception came through. The Colts were not good in the first half, but they were getting better in the second half. They were pulling up points. Um, in the fourth quarter, they were trying to make a comeback throughout. Uh, there was a receiving touchdown by Zach Pascal. And a bunch of field goals, a bunch of turnovers that they were getting scoring up. But the Rams were still able to get a possession. Of course, you know, two receiving touchdowns for Cup. And then a rushing touchdown for Darrell Henderson. Able to get yardage. And the Rams, they were made a fight to the end. And they made a comeback and they won the game. And, well, you know, the Rams have stayed consistent, you know, two games already. And they've... They didn't dominate this game. They were losing for the majority of the game, but they made they came back and they got consistently back up in the game and they were still good enough to beat the Colts. And now the Colts are 0-2 going up against the Titans in week three on Sunday next week. So we'll have to wait and see if the Colts can get their first win there. Next game, we got the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And this is a pretty ugly game that I want to talk about because... Uh, 
The Dolphins got absolutely smoked. 35 to nothing, the Bills won this game. Josh Allen, 17 for 33, 179 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Two rushing touchdowns for Zach Moss. A single uh, um, single Terry rushing touchdown. And then a receiving touchdown for Doxon Knox and Stephon Diggs. But the Bills, look, the Bills annihilated us. They played great in the second half and in the second quarter. And I mean, the first quarter, they played good. They were up 14-0. The first two drives, they scored a touchdown of the game. Um, but Josh Allen didn't have a great game. I mean, he did have two touchdowns, one interception, 179 yards, but he didn't have a great MVP-like game. So I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen's only been two games, and he hasn't really been playing like MVP as what most people are predicting he will be playing like this season. But again, it's only been two games. We still have 15 more games to prove if he can play like the MVP this year. Uh, but the Dolphins, man, that defense, they're one of the their 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 takeaways is their thing. Couldn't get that going. Um, the 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 secondary was all over the place. The O line, yikes, man, it was rough. And of course, of course, Tua, he actually got injured. Uh, he threw it, uh, had four attempts. Uh, 13 yards, but he actually got a rib injury. Um, so at the moment, he's currently a day-to-day -day status. So quite still questionable if he's going to be playing in week three game against the Raiders, I believe. So it will be, you know, a day-to-day -day decision to see if Tua will be starting or will even be playing next week. But hopefully he can recover quickly because, again, this is another moment where we don't want Tua to miss games of the season because that could potentially ruin our season because Jacoby Brissett wasn't doing that, you know, well, uh, 24 for 40, 169 yards, and then zero touchdowns and one interception. Um, the defense wasn't doing good. Um, the offense wasn't doing nothing. We couldn't score a touchdown. We couldn't get into field goal range. Like, we were just mad. We were just bad. We were just playing like shit. Um, so it just sucks that we had to take an L like this. Hopefully with Tua we can step up and uh, play against the Raiders, but it's going to be a tough game next week. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Miami right now is concerning me at the moment. Uh, Buffalo getting back on track to where they're supposed to be, you know, a Super Bowl contending team. But the Dolphins right now, unfortunately with that loss, is. It's not giving me good vibes. It's not giving me good vibes. Anyways, next game we have the New England Patriots versus the New York Jets. The Patriots, they win the, this one. This, what the fuck? They won this game 25-6. to Mac Jones, 22 for 30, 186 yards. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. But there was two receiving, um, I mean, excuse me. There was two rushing touchdowns by Damian Harris and James White. So... Yeah, the Patriots, they won this game. They played pretty consistent throughout the whole game. They scored in every single quarter. Um, first half, you know, they were they were playing consistent. But again, they didn't really need to play at their best because the Jets, they weren't playing very good. Zach Wilson, um, 19 for 33, 219, uh, 220 yards, excuse me. Zero touchdowns and four interceptions. Ah, uh, yikes. Oh, man. Zach Wilson was playing like Zach Efron if he played football. Ah, uh, man. Sucks to be a Jets fan. Well, you know, it's it. look, it's, again, same thing that I said about Trevor Lawrence. He's a rookie. You know, the Jets are going to get a handful of wins this year. They're not going to be good, of course. They're not going to be a playoff team. I, I don't think anyone had expectations for them to be a playoff team. But at the moment, this is definitely something wrong with, with the, the offense in New York. It's just nothing special. Um, nothing is going on. No, There's no protection for um, uh, for, for Zach Wilson. That O-line is trash. The Patriots are just running through them, you know, and, the, and their offense was decent, you know, but 
It's just Zach Wilson just couldn't do anything. And, and, and again, the offense is not also controlling anything. And, you know, the coaching, I just, I don't know what especially is going on there, but the coaching, the front office has to figure out something, what they can do with this offense because it's not working. The defense is okay. It's, it's, it's okay. You know, I didn't think it was horrible, but still need a lot of progress. But that offense, it's not going anywhere. I mean, I don't think a, nobody got a single um, – most of these – none, none of them got even 75 yards. The most was Braxton Barrows. He had 73 receiving yards, seven receptions, you know, nothing. But nothing special, man. That was that was the most action he's had that any other player had throughout the whole game. It was just nothing productive for the Jets. So, yeah, they're 0-2, and their next opponent is the Broncos, who are undefeated at the moment. So, good luck. Good luck, New York. And the Patriots, next week, they will be taking on the Saints. So, honestly, it can go either way. I, I don't know who I would pick to win that game, but we'll have to wait till Friday when I make my predictions for week three. So, yeah, the Patriots win 25-6. to And then next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chicago Bears. The Bears won this game 20 to 17. The Bears, they made a comeback in the fourth quarter. And to win the game, Joe Burrow, 19 for 30, 207 yards, two touchdowns, but three interceptions. Yikes. Um, receiving touchdown for T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Um, the Bears, um, Andy Dalton, 9 for 11, 56 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, just a field, 6 for 13, 60 yards, and one interception, unfortunately. Um, the Bears' offense was okay, but their defense was playing great. Um, at least in the first half. The second half, they were still allowing points, and the Bengals were kind of getting close. In the fourth quarter, they were both scoring, you know, two two drives, um, both consecutive, and they continued scoring points. And eventually, you know, the Bengals were able to take care and, you know, take take full control. But then the Bears, they able to take that momentum that the Bengals had, and they took full control in winning the game. I believe they won by a game-winning field goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if not, I'm probably getting confused for another game. But the game, you know, of course, ended in three points. So the Bears, they were able to step up. They won the game against the Bengals. So nothing much there to say. Next game, we got the Atlanta Falcons versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, nothing surprising. The Buccaneers, they absolutely kicked Atlanta's ass 48-25. to Matt Ryan... Uh, 35 for 46, 300 yards, exactly two touchdowns, three interceptions. Yikes. Uh, Cordell Patterson had a rushing touchdown. Calvin Ridley and also uh, Cordell Patterson had a receiving touchdown. Cal Pitts hasn't been that great so far yet. It's only 73 yards, five receptions, nothing crazy yet. However, the age-defining fine wine himself, Tom Brady, 24 for 36, 276 yards and five touchdowns, zero exceptions. Obviously, uh, two receiving touchdowns for Rob Gronkowski and for Mike Evans as well. And then a receiving touchdown for Chris Godwin. This, this fucking, this team, man. Buccaneers, the defending champions. Tom Brady could play until he's 75 years old. And then at that point, he would be winning like his 40th Super Bowl. It's a, it's it's just insane. I don't understand. This man is damn near forty five years old, and is still playing probably better than when he was twenty to twenty five. It probably isn't right. Better than he's played in his twenties, and maybe in his thirties. Maybe. It's just it. I don't understand. He's giving old people, middle aged people, hope to play sports. And to not retire at around 39, 40 years old. To go beyond that. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, but yeah, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, they took care of business. Of course, the Buccaneers offense is uh, <laughs> one of the best in the NFL. No surprise there. The defense did a great job as well. The Falcons, they were kind of getting close in that second and third quarter. But uh, they knew nothing in the first or in the fourth to try to put a comeback. And the Buccaneers, they scored 20 in the fourth quarter. So... That just pretty much, uh, you know, you know, shut the deal for the the Falcons to get close to this game, to winning this game. So yeah, 
The Falcons, they lose this game 48 to 25. Next game, we got the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals won this game 34 to 33. It was a very close game. Back and forth and back and forth. Kirk Cousins, 22 for 32, 244 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, a receiving touchdown for KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen. And then for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 29 for 36, 400 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Kyler Murray had a rushing touchdown, and there was a receiving touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and Rondale Moore. Back and forth, the Cardinals and the Vikings, it was just a good game overall. Instant clash, but eventually the Cardinals took over. The Vikings, though, they were able to tighten the third quarter. And then they had the chance in the fourth quarter to win the game with a game-winning field goal, and they missed the field goal to win the game. Again, again, what is up with the Vikings, man? They cannot make a field goal to win games. So the Cardinals got lucky. I got lucky. And the Cardinals were able to win this game by the Vikings missing that that uh, extra kick, or not extra kick, that field goal opportunity to win the game. So, uh, yeah, Vikings fans, I'm sorry that y'all had to take a brutal loss like that. But Cardinals fans, y'all happy as fuck right now, obviously, taking a, a close victory like that and winning a, a really close and competitive game like that. Next week, y'all can chill because y'all got the Jaguars next week, so it'll be a lot easier. The Vikings as well, they got to play against the Seahawks, so it might be tough for the Vikings to get back to this, uh, to get their first win of the season. Next, we got the Tennessee Titans versus the Seattle Seahawks. This is also another good game. The Titans and the Seahawks also went back and forth. The Seahawks, though, they were dominating in the first half. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 27 for 40, uh, 347 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Derrick Henry, though, oh, my God. He didn't have a good game in week one against the Cardinals. He definitely didn't. What was his stat line, I believe? Let me go back. 58 yards and 17 carries. He averaged, what, three yards per carry there in that game? <laughs> yeah, that was week one, Derrick Henry. Week two, Derrick Henry was like, no. 182 yards, 35 carries, three touchdowns. Yes, yes, yes. This is what I fucking needed. He is the reason why I'm winning my matchup in fantasy this week. And why I'm probably going to win fantasy again this year. Thank you. Man gave me damn near 40 points in fantasy. I fucking love you, bro. I love you, bro. So, uh, no homo. But still. You know, Derrick Henry doing his thing. You know, doing his magic. Three touchdowns. He was basically the Titans offense in the second half. He was the reason why the Titans were trying to get closer and closer to winning the game. Um, the Seahawks weren't good in the second half. They were too good in the first half that eventually in the second half they were just kind of getting lazy and started getting tired. Russell Wilson, 22 for 31, 343 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, two rushing touchdowns by Chris Carson, and then a rushing touchdown from Freddie Swain, Swan, Swan, Swain, and Tyler Lockett. So even though this was a pretty good game and they went to overtime, the Titans were able to win it by a game-winning field goal. Um, but Derrick Henry in that second half, he went he went ballistic and was basically the whole entire Titans offense in that second half was able to just pretty much overplay the Seahawks in that second half and took off. Thank you, Derrick Henry. You're the reason why I fucking win and why I'm just uh, this. You're the captain of my team. I mean, at this point, you got to be the one doing the whole thing. Anyways. That was a big W for the Tennessee Titans getting their first win after losing a brutal game to the Cardinals last week. But anyways, next game we have the Dallas Cowboys versus the LA Chargers. And the Cowboys took away the victory 20-17. to They won by a game-winning field goal. A lot of these have either lost or won by a game-winning field goal. So, crazy. Um, but the Cowboys, they didn't play that good throughout the whole game, at least in the first um, in the first uh, quarter, um, in the first quarter, they scored 14 points. So they started off the game pretty hot. Throughout the game, the defense was kind of taking over. The offense was kind of getting sloppy. 
Uh, Dak Prescott, 23 for 27, 237 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, a rushing touchdown for Tony Pillard. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, receiving touchdowns. Nobody had a receiving touchdown. The Chargers, Justin Herbert, 31 for 41, 338 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. There was a rushing, I mean, a receiving touchdown by Mike Williams. Um, but that's pretty much it. The Cowboys, Chargers, their defense was kind of clinging. You know, it was a defensive battle throughout the whole game. Unless, you know, Cowboys in the first quarter. Eventually in the fourth quarter, things were kind of getting spicy. But then eventually the Cowboys were able to take full control. And they won the game by a game-winning field goal. And eventually they won the game. And they won their first game of the season after losing to the Buccaneers on opening night. They'll be facing, oh, they're going to be facing the Eagles already. They're going to be facing the Eagles on Monday Night Football next week. So that should be a very exciting matchup. And the Chargers, they will be facing the Chiefs. Oof. Yikes. The Chargers, uh, good luck with the Chiefs next week in Kansas City. So even luck. But speaking of Kansas City, this is the last game of the week um, until we talk about Monday nights, until we talk about tonight's game, Monday Night Football, on Wednesday or Friday. We have the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens on Sunday Night Football. But the Ravens took the W. They won 36-35. to What a crazy game this was. The Ravens finally, and Lamar Jackson finally gets his first win against Patrick Mahomes. And we can officially say it's a rivalry because if you're 0-3 against one man, one team, it's not really a rivalry, but now you can say you're one and three to the Chiefs. Not great, but at least you have a win to make a statement, to make it a bit more challenging. So you didn't get completely swept. Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 31, 343 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Of course, the offense was lighting it up. Daryl Williams, even though he averaged, he had literally negative two yards, he still scored a touchdown. That's that's weird. Uh, receiving touchdown went to Byron Pringle, um, Demarcus Robinson, and Travis Kelsey. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he lost his first game of his career in September and threw his first interception in the month of September. So, you know, eventually that, that record was broken. He's 11-1 in September in his career. And I believe he has, like, what, 38 passing touchdowns and one interception. I mean, that's still fucking ridiculous. But, of course, you know, the L and the interception took the the streak away. And Lamar, he had... Oh, shit. No, fuck, fuck, fuck. Go back, go back, go back. Okay, sorry about that. Lamar Jackson, 18 for 26, 239 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Lamar Jackson, of course, had two rushing touchdowns, 107 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray had a rushing touchdown, and receiving went to Marquise Brown, having a receiving touchdown. You know, the Ravens and the Chiefs, they were going back and forth. I mean, the Ravens, uh, they didn't start off the game pretty hot because Lamar, I believe, on the second play of the game, threw a costly interception to Tyron Matthew, a pick six, um, and the Chiefs were just already dominating the first quarter. But then the Chiefs were kind of slowing down in the second quarter. The Ravens were getting back on top, but then the Ra the Chiefs were getting absolutely, um, no, the Ravens were getting smoked in the third quarter. The Chiefs were putting up points on their head, but then the Chiefs, they didn't score in the fourth quarter, giving the Ravens more opportunities, but then how the end, how the game ended was brutal for the Chiefs because they were going, they were down by what? They were still down by one point. Um, they were down 36 to 35, the final score. With, I believe, like, what, a minute and 30 seconds remaining. They were, what, like, 40 yards away from the end zone or maybe 30-something yards away. Uh, Mahomes passed the ball to uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but he fumbled the ball, and then the Ravens recovered the football, and that ended the game. So it was a really tough loss for the Chiefs. Um, you know, horrible mistake for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Again, it's not the end of the world, so, you know, he makes mistakes, you know. It's not a big deal. The Chiefs, of course, like taking a loss like this is not going to affect their suit. They're not, they're not like trash or they're not as good as, no, like it's, they won. The, the Ravens won because they played better and they just made less mistakes 
and they avoided making even more mistakes. And, you know, Clyde made the, the moment, you know, worse with dropping that, you know, fumbling that football at the worst time. But again, things like that happen. The Chiefs are still a very good team that doesn't take anything away from this. I mean, they lost to a team that they've pretty much owned the last, like, handful of seasons. So at this point, even the Ravens had to win a game against the Chiefs, and they finally did. But it took them basically a fumble, a fuck-up for the Chiefs to basically recover and really get that actual W against the Chiefs. So it took a lot for, just for the Ravens to get a W. But a W is a W. They got the W. You know, it is what it is. And they could finally say we beat fucking catch, uh, Patrick Mahomes this season. And they won't beat us this season. Because they won't play against the Ravens this year again. But the Ra the Chiefs still got good games. They got to play against the Bills, the Titans, the Packers, Cowboys, the Chiefs. Um, also got to play the Chargers, Steelers, you know, of course, teams in the division. And then the Ravens next week, they got against they go up against the Lions. So that should be an easy win for the Ravens there. But Lamar finally got that monkey out of his back. Finally say he beat Patrick Mahomes at least once so far in his career. Um, so congratulations to the Ravens getting a big, big win. Also after losing to the Raiders last week in a brutal you know, game. Uh, the Ravens have been playing pretty good so far this year. So give them credit for what it's due. And then for tonight, Monday Night Football, the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers. Of course, I have the Packers winning this game. But the Lions are already up 7 nothing. Um, as I'm watching, this is around like 7.35 uh, um, on the clock in the first quarter. Uh, Jared Goff so far already has 68 yards, one touchdown. And it was, I believe, a receiving touchdown to Quintez Cephas. But anyways, I'll talk about that on Wednesday or Friday. Um, if I don't make it on Friday, it probably has to be Thursday. Because Friday, I'm going to be pretty busy uh, tonight or around the time I'll probably be recording. So anyways, thank you guys for listening to this episode. See you guys in a bit. Take care and peace out, my friends.